Matthew 24. So start from verse 1. And Jesus went out. Now, this is a very important book, chapter of the Bible. It, um, it explains a lot. And this particular chapter of the Bible, by the time um, I'm getting to the end of it, it's going to be quite a long read, so I just want you to follow. All right, so you'd understand what exactly we're talking about here. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Um, if if you're a student of, of scripture, you'd understand the significance of this particular time. At this time, Jesus was speaking to his disciples, right? And they were showing him the temple and the people who had been there. But Jesus now began to prophesy. So he says, he looked at the temple and said, not even one of these temples will be left. That is not thrown down. Now, you, you see the significance of that statement very soon. Verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So, the people are asking, it's not the same questions they are asking. They said, tell us, when shall these things be? Now, what is he referring to at this time that when shall these things be? Which things is he talking about? The question, when shall these things be, is concerning what Jesus was saying at the time when he actually said that um, the, the, not one of the stones of the temple will not be left. That is not thrown down. So Jesus, after saying that, the disciples now ask him, when will that particular thing happen? The next question was, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? And the third one is, and of the end of the world. So, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? And when is the end of the world? Verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Right? For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars. Now, pay attention. And ye shall hear of wars, and rumors of wars. And see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That means when someone asks, you know, sometimes when people see, oh, these nations are going to war, so so and so nations are going to war, they said, ah, it means Jesus is coming. Jesus stated emphatically that the wars and the rumors of wars is not what will usher his coming. So he stated emphatically that when you hear war and rumor of war, it is not necessarily talking about Jesus coming back. So he says, you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, all right? But see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So war, rumor of war, is not a sign for us to know the coming of God or coming of Jesus, all right? For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrow. <laughs> then shall they deliver you up. Now Jesus is unfolding what will happen. 
He says the next thing will happen is that then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. He's talking to his disciples. He says, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another. See the unfolding of things. And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. I'm sharing with you this morning on this gospel of the kingdom. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. And then shall they come. So wars, rumors of wars are not the indication of the coming of Jesus. Wars, earthquakes, and all those things that will happen. Jesus said those ones are just the beginning of sorrow. Those are not the main thing. They are just the beginning of sorrow. But Jesus now states what will be using as the indicator for the coming or for his coming. And he says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. He says, and then shall the end come. That means we are just waiting for one thing. Truly, we are just waiting for one thing. The only thing we are waiting for right now for the coming of the Lord is that the gospel of the kingdom. Now, That's a very instructive statement and sentence used there. This gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. No, someone asked people a question. Oh, I went to church. I listened to the word of God. The question is, what is the word of God? Because sometimes people say, ah, I went to church. I listened to the word of God. I heard the word of God. And they are probably referring to some advice that they got in church. All right. Some human advice that they got in church said, oh, that's the word of God. They, something that is just picked out of the Bible, you know. I've listened to, you know, a lot of preaching. I mean, growing up as a, as a Christian, I listened to a lot of preaching. Sometimes one preacher can just pick one isolated verse, picks the verse, talks about different things and goes off the verse, talks about and advises the people very well. So, was, ah. so by the time people are leaving the church that day, they feel bad. So ah, I'm really a bad person, you know, and I'm trying to be good. All right, so let's so, so people come up with things like um, we are all sinners, we are all bad, we are all not good, and we are gradually getting there. And uh, there was a lady who had who was on a talk show last two weeks. All right, I think she, I think on a testimony last two weeks. So she, 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 she made a statement. She said, "I know." I said, "She said she prayed to God." I think she was sick also, and she prayed to God. Said she's a sinner. I drew closer to the TV. She said, God, I know I'm a sinner. Later, as she was talking, she said, I don't really attend this church. I said, that's why. That's why. Because if you've been coming here, you can never talk like that. Oh, Pastor Enoch, are you trying to say that? What she's saying is wrong. Very wrong. But Pastor Enoch, I know myself. I'm a sinner. That's the problem. That you know yourself. That's the problem. (laughs) So Jesus says, and this gospel of the kingdom. Now, the question is, what is the gospel of the kingdom? Now, if someone says the gospel is Jesus died and rose from the grave. Think about it. If someone says, the gospel of Jesus died and rose from the grave and we are saved, go to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus makes a statement here. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
Now, at this time, Jesus is not dead. So what, what was he preaching? Thought about it. Because if we say the gospel is Jesus died and rose from the grave, then Jesus saying he preached the gospel, what was he preaching? Was he telling people, I'm dead or I'm about to be dead? So believe. Then some pick up, you know. So the question is, what was Jesus preaching? Go back to Matthew 24 verse 14. The question is, what was Jesus preaching? See, what was Jesus preaching? Because he says, this gospel of the kingdom, at the time Jesus is speaking, he's not dead. So what is the gospel? And what was Jesus preaching? And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. What is this gospel of the kingdom that will be preached? Because Jesus is, is stating categorically that it's the gospel of the kingdom that will be preached. What is the gospel of the kingdom? What's the gospel? Go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. I'll start from verse 1. So we move. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. To him also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. Now look at this. Being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Remember what he said? This gospel of the kingdom. For 40 days, Jesus sat with the disciples, the apostles, for 40 days, talking about the kingdom of God. This is the message that the church must come into. Because if the church does not come into the message or the gospel of the kingdom of God, the end cannot come. So he says, this gospel of the kingdom. Now, what was Jesus' message? David said, send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all mankind. So, what is the eternal plan for all mankind? What's, what was Jesus' message? When he came, what was he teaching? Was he preaching? Was he talking about? Jesus spent the whole time he was preaching, talking about the kingdom of God. Many times in his parables, he said the kingdom of God is like unto. The kingdom of God is like unto. He says the gospel of the kingdom. He said that is what will be preached. So what is the gospel of the kingdom? Now, note in, in the book of Acts, he now speaks to them about the kingdom of God for 40 days. All right. Now go to, all right, verse 6 rather. So the disciples now listen to this message of the kingdom because they've been studying Jesus. They've been listening to Jesus. Jesus is always talking about kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. So they are listening. Jesus is, is teaching and these guys now get to Jesus and say, okay, this is how we understood what you're saying. So they began, they said, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, um, Lord, when will at this time, uh, when will thou at this time restore again that kingdom to Israel because they were listening so much about the kingdom now they thought it was about them all the while Jesus was preaching on the kingdom they thought it was about them they thought it was about Israel that means the central message Jesus preached was on the kingdom now the question is then what is the gospel of the kingdom the gospel of the kingdom is not feed the hungry the gospel of the kingdom is not <laughs> you know some people will be thinking ha ah, that's why I don't like these young pastors. How can you tell me not to feed them? That's not the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom first shows you something. So now you begin to write something. Some Number one, God has a kingdom and God is a king. That's the first thing that must come into your mind when you hear something. The gospel of the kingdom. God has a kingdom. God is a king. I'll show you a scripture. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 10 verse 24. Now this is the time Samuel 
was crying, you know, I'm giving you the background story. Samuel was crying that they were looking for another king. The Israelites were calling for another king. Samuel is, is, is offended on behalf of God. <laughs> Samuel is offended on behalf of God. And um, <laughs> later God says, oh, don't be offended. It's me they rejected, not you. So at this time, they've now uh, had a truce with God. Samuel is cool with them because God has already spoken. So now God agrees that there should be a king over there. And someone said to the people, see ye him whom the Lord had chosen. At this time, they've chosen Saul. He says that there is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. Now, someone in verse 25 now says something. Just so you understand. He says, then someone told the people the manner of the kingdom and wrote it in a book. Someone had to now teach the people the way kingdoms function. Some Christians don't know that from the beginning of Genesis to Revelation, it is the, the matters in there are the matters of kingdom. If God has a kingdom, then the first thing you should understand is that God does not need your opinion. There is no democracy with God. Some people don't like hearing the sound of this because they, they think they will thrive in a place where their voice must be heard. Dem- democracy is not from God. Thank you, Lord. God is a king. He operates monarchy. It's even um, a deception to think there's really democracy in any country. It's a deception, truly. To show that God has always been right. Where they try to tell the people that, oh, it's a democracy. There is still a set of people making the decisions. I'm telling you. Okay. Is there democracy in Ghana? Ghana is democratic? It's a joke. (laughs) Some people went to a funeral in their numbers, police said, mm. some other people say, hey, we want to have a demonstration. He said, no, that's tyranny. It's not democracy, that's tyranny. Young people had an all night, they're in court. The other, or the older people, if anything, the young people should be pardoned, talk to me, and the older people should be in court because they should have known better. They are not shy that they've taken young people to court. Forget it. It's not democracy. They will tell you in your face it's democratic. I, I, mean, I was even shocked. That in a place like America where they brought democracy, during the election, Trump was crying foul that they've stolen me. <laughs> and I sh- that should be happening in town or so somewhere. <laughs> what do you think? That should be happening in one remote area that someone took ballot box. When I heard that it happened to in America, <laughs> that someone took ballot box in America and person ran with it. <laughs> With ballot box. Trump was crying foul. He said he's going to court. He's going to this. He's going to that. And he said he has proof that he has been, he has been cheated. Democracy. is not there. In this country, if a big man gets a, uh, a case, you know that there's a difference between the citizens. There are differences. All right. God is a king. And he operates a kingdom. I know there are politicians here and they don't really find what I'm saying funny at all. But they know the truth. So someone told the people, the man of the kingdom, and wrote in a book and laid it out before the Lord. And someone sent all the people away, every man to his house. So someone now began to teach them the man of kingdom, how kingdoms function, how kingdoms operate. And, you know, a kingdom is not like a normal setting. Before it was a normal setting. They had judges. But once it becomes a kingdom, things begin to change. So the first thing you have to understand about a kingdom is that, first of all, A kingdom has a king. Now, 
A kingdom also has a territory. Write that down. Number two. A kingdom has a territory. A territory of influence. A territory of influence. Number three. A kingdom has a colony. I'm showing the man of kingdom. No, we, we can't use today as an example because today, um, it's, it's more subtle. In the, in the, in the past years, right, and centuries, you would see real time the way kingdoms functioned. Now, it, a lot of things are, you know, more subtle, but they are still happening. Trust me, they are still happening. If you think Ghana is out of slave trade, you must be joking. You think Ghana is out of External influence, Ghana independence, you must be joking. Grow up, be very intelligent, and don't learn English and see. <laughs> you will know that you are not independent. Kingdom. He showed them the manner of the kingdom. I said, a kingdom has territory of influence. That means the kingdom where the king is, listen, the kingdom where that king is, is his territory. He has everything going on there. He rules there. What he says is fine out there. But then, for the kingdom to be a great kingdom, they need to have colonies. They need to have places that they have colonized. Now, why do they do this? To extend the influence of their kingdom. Now, it was such that when kingdom A and kingdom B are at peace, everything is fine. Kingdom A is looking at B and thinking, I want to be greater than this one. So if I want to greater than that, than this one, let's go and look for a weaker kingdom, conquer them, add them to us, take them as slaves so they can work for us. And that's how it was. When they finished fighting all their fight in Europe, Britain, France now came to Africa to colonize Africa and add it as their colony. So when they take over a colony, this is what starts happening. When they take over a colony, they send a governor, they send a representative to go there. What is that representative supposed to do? He's supposed to turn this colony into that kingdom he's coming from. He cannot go and say what he wants. He cannot go and do what he wants. His first thing, teach them the language. So they were speaking three before. You're going to educate them till they start speaking your English. Or they start speaking your French. That's the colony. So it becomes an extension of the original territory. And that is how those kingdoms become powerful. And that is how it is today. There's what we call the kingdoms of this world. They are the kingdoms of this world. I, 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 I tell you this. Everything going on, even with men wanting to be powerful and rich, it's this same principle. Because they are looking for it to, like for example, Coca-Cola is colonizing territories. Okay, then Pepsi looks at it to say, okay, I want to colonize that territory. So Pepsi goes there, infiltrates the place, sometimes even uses um, celebrities to do adverts. And because of that, you love Pepsi. So it's like, it's a, it's a battle of ideologies. It's colonization. It's the same thing in the realm of the spirit, God and the devil. The devil is trying to take more territory. God is also going to take more territory. Now, this is how it functions. So God in Genesis chapter one became King or is king of the heavens. He is king of the heavens. Then he put man on earth and he asked him to have or told him or commanded him to have dominion. So what exactly now happens over there? Man now becomes the governor of the earth. Just like in, 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 in kingdoms, the king will send a governor. The king doesn't have to go there. 
The king will send a governor. The governor will come and say, okay, so we are taking this part. Now, what do we do? Okay, so you set up your flag over here. You do this over here. Start teaching the people to speak English. Start teaching them to uh, uphold our value systems. Start teaching them to do this. Start teaching them to do that. So at that time, everybody becomes a member. Even though you were not born in that kingdom, you become like um, a colony of that kingdom. The same way God now created the heavens, he king in the heavens. Then he sends a governor on earth. He makes a governor. Puts him, okay, so you are in dominion over the earth. Now, this is the only way man will be successful in his colony. The moment man loses touch with his king, there's a problem. So, the whole story in the scriptures is this. That God was the king, or God is the king. He sends a governor on earth called man. Then he comes periodically to teach man. This is how you run it. Because this is our colony. This is how you run it. Now, one day, an external influence comes into the garden. Comes to suggest something to governor. Who is supposed to be listening to only God. That is why God asked Adam. When he told him I'm naked. He asked him. He said, who told you? Why? Because you are not supposed to be listening to any other person. Because the only way we can take over this colony is that you should be listening to me. Because that is how I made it. That is kingdom. But man, at this time, starts listening to an external voice. He loses touch with his king. That means the kingdom, alright? The kingdom structure has been impeded. Now, God no longer has a full authority over the earth. Even though it belongs to him, but he put a governor in charge. You know, in history, when you read history, you will see some of these things. There were certain governors that went to certain colonies. All of a sudden, they took over the place. As well, when you hear of these, you know, small, small towns, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, you got to know, those small, small, they, 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 are, they, are more, they are not countries. They are like territories. They are called territories. They are called territories. Most of those stories where they sent a governor there, the governor gets there and he's supposed to be sending money back. Sending money back. The governor looks at the amount of money coming and said, um, I know they do again. So that has been the problem. But guess what? When that now became the problem, the king now went into kingdom restoration. And that is what we have been on from Genesis chapter 4. We now got into kingdom restoration. God now sought Alright? God now sought to return the kingdom to what it was. I'm going to introduce a word. Some of you know the word, but um, the details is what you know. I'm going to introduce a word. There's a certain word that comes with the kingdom of God. The name of that word is righteousness. Psalm 82. I'll show you something. Verse 5. Pastor Chris said, righteousness is the biggest word in the Bible. I tell you. I'll explain why. Now, he says, I want to bring out a certain sentence here for you so you understand. He says, they know not, neither will they understand. All right, let's, let me start from four so you get it. Deliver the poor and the needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked from verse five. He says, they know not, neither will they understand. So there's a problem here, knowledge to understanding. They know not, neither will they understand. He said, they walk on in darkness. So what is he talking about? Chaos. There's chaos. When, when Adam was still listening to God, everything was perfect. Everything was right. But the psalmist is explaining a state. 
He's explaining a state of affairs. He said, they know not. Neither will they understand. He said, they walk on in darkness. They are, they are just walking on in darkness. And if they are walking in darkness, probably their legs are hitting something. They know something is, is, is going wrong. Then he explains why all this is happening. And that will bring out the word I, want, I, I talked about. He said, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. That means unrighteousness. That means the house has been built, but not built according to the foundation structure. The foundations are out of course. The foundations are supposed to be in course. Let me explain this. It's like you take a type C, all right, charger, trying to put in the other one. What's the name? Type B. The normal Android charger. You take, you know, you take it and you are trying to put it there. It does not fit. It's not meant for it. So it is out of course. So it says the foundations of the earth are out of course. When God made them, he made them to be according to the course. But then, now, he says, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness because the, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. At this time, the foundations of the earth are out of course. I said the word is righteousness. So, go to Matthew 6, 33. Now, you, you, you now understand the reason why we quote that scripture. And you see the difference here. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, not only that, and his righteousness. Because the kingdom of God has a righteousness. When we say righteousness, we are not talking about I did good or I did bad. Because you can do good and it is bad. Come on. Ananias and Sapphira, whose money did they take? It's their money. Let's be serious. It was their money. It was their own money. They didn't go to steal anybody's money. It's their own money. The only mistake they made is that they didn't bring all. And God did not accept it. It was meant to be a good thing. Giving offering is a good thing. Okay, what, what if they didn't even be born again at all? What if they didn't even say who they will give? These guys decided to give and just kept some. And it became unrighteousness. Have you ever gone to an estate where the way they have built the house, everything is the same? Have you ever been to that kind of estate? Any other thing is not an estate. Any place you go, they say it's an estate and the, the buildings are put to France. No, no, it's not an estate. It's a settlement. Because in estates, you will see a plan. The estate developer has a plan. Are you seeing? So God has a plan. God doesn't just accept everything. It must be according to the, the course. So God does not just accept what you are doing because you did it. He looks at the pattern. Is it in the pattern of righteousness? Remember what he said to Moses. He told Moses. God told Moses. He says, see that you build according to the pattern shown thee on the mount. That is righteousness. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Give me the amplified version. You see what he's talking about. Righteousness there is not talking about, oh, I, I, I went here. Oh, I'm a righteous person. I did this. No, no, no. He's talking about something way deeper. It goes beyond this. He said, but seek. Aim to strive. Aim at and strive after First of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. Not being right. His way of being right. God has a way of being right. So, you cannot say, I did it like this. You cannot do it like this. This is his way of being right. That is what kingdom has been about all this while. So, Jesus. Now, you now understand what Jesus was saying. This gospel of the kingdom. You understand? Because... Jesus spent so much time teaching on the kingdom. He had to teach them that, first of all, the kingdom of God is like unto. It's like unto. He started those parables with a a sower went forth to sow. He's explained the kingdom. That this kingdom is about sowing. He explains it. That you cannot have, you cannot bring your own idea. It's about sowing. It's about sowing. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. 
He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then he said, and his way of doing things. Then he says, when you do it like that, when you do it like that, he said, all other things shall be added. Because God is about the kingdom. When Jesus was praying, when he asked him to pray, he says, our father, as for you, <laughs> as for you, he said, our father, as for you, you are in heaven. You are king in heaven. Because of that, hallowed be your name. Now we are coming to talk about this earth. He said, the only way that things will be right is that thy kingdom come. What happens when the kingdom comes? What happens when the kingdom comes? When the kingdom comes, it means God is reigning. That means God is king. If God is king in a place, sickness cannot be there. If God is king in a place, there cannot be lack there. When God is a king in a place, death is not there. That is God's kingdom. Anywhere you see lack, anywhere you see trouble, anywhere you see turmoil, anywhere you see chaos, there's the absence of the kingdom of God. You can be in a house and everything is, all of you know that this house, we love God, we are Christians here, but everything is going wrong. You know what must happen? Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. That's what's supposed to happen there. God must come in his kingdom. When he comes in his kingdom, and I tell you something, now, the governor that God puts over the earth is no longer man. The governor is the Holy Spirit. He comes to start, first of all, teaching the language. Then he begins to teach the culture. Thy kingdom come. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Say, thy kingdom come. When you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come. Why? Because that is what solves the problem. Jesus Christ said, I quote that scripture again. He says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. This gospel will be preached. This gospel will be preached. It will be preached that God rules. God reigns. God is in charge here. You know, there are certain places God is in charge. Other places God is not in charge. But the earth belongs to God. You know, when we say things like this, no, God is in charge everywhere. No, 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 no. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have prayed that prayer. Jesus wouldn't have prayed that prayer. There are some places that God is not manifestly in charge. The earth belongs to him, but he's not in charge. The devil has everything muffled up. The devil has things destroyed over there. The devil is afflicting the people. You know, when you see many people going, not loving God in a place, it means kingdom has not come. Because when kingdom comes, the foundations will be in course. When the foundations are in course, people will not think it is a a, a big thing to go to church. They will not take their tithe and say, the pastor wants to spend my tithe. The first question they will ask themselves is, how much is it? Because when kingdom comes to a place, you know, I, 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 I had a testimony of, of the guy who was saying about when he came to camp. This is the difference. He was a Christian, but God was not king. Because when God is king in your life, you will not wake up in the morning thinking, should I go to church or not? Because you still think you are the Lord of your life. So I woke up in the morning uh, to go or not to go. To go or not to go. I don't have socks. I'm not going. I should shake it, eh? I should shake it. As you shake the table, Salabranduska. Some of us have not braided my hair, I'm not going to church. Jesus Christ. Kola Miskeloski. There's little you can see. Listen, there's little you can see dealing with God if you still have such, you know, things like, I did not, so I am not. You don't, you don't, it, it shows something specific. Show something specific. When Adam was always thinking, when Adam was always thinking of what God would say, 
What God will tell me to do? Adam did not even attempt to name any animal. Until the Bible says God took him to the animal to see what he will name them. Everything is about God in the kingdom. In the kingdom, everything is about the king. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's your business. In the kingdom, everything is about the king. You work for the king. <laughs> you move for the king. These earthly kingdoms. Eh? When the king says he wants to marry, all the ladies will line up. Love is not in... in, in what, <laughs> whether you love him, if his teeth is from year to year, all you can do is to pray that you will not be chosen that day. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody here? You know, all you be praying, oh God, don't let this king find me here. Don't let this king find me here. Oh Lord, save me Lord. Save me Lord. Then the king is passing by you. Then he bypasses you. Oh, thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Then you come back. Oh Lord, no. But then if he's a fine king and he has money and he's passing by you, your destiny is about to change. You came in fetching water. When you are leaving, they'll be fetching water for you. Yeah, yeah. That's about kingdom. Your life, your destiny has transformed. If you had a boyfriend in the in the town before the king is coming to choose. If they choose you and you go back and your boyfriend say, No, no, that's all he can do. And sing songs by the riverside. And you, you had yourself for the last. You will sing and be crying. My love for you will never die. Love for you or call is gone. The lady is gone. Just forget it. And play what the flute. <laughs> Then we'll be watching, we'll be watching it and say, Oh, he really loves her. Can't something just happen? Nothing. Nothing. Kingdom. You know the thing about God? God is not that kind of king. He gives you the free will. You are in the kingdom. The, the, the advantage with being with God is that you know that every choice he makes for you, he is right. So it becomes a joy to submit to his kingdom. If God said that every Sunday I must be in church, if God said I should give my tithe, even though the money belongs to me, if he says I should give it, I should start thinking that God does not want a wrong thing for me. Let me tell you, all earthly kings are faulty. There's only one king. There's only one king. All earthly kings are faulty. You think Solomon was a very wise king? No. No. Do you know that when Solomon died, the, his elders called his 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 son, to say that, please, reduce the kind of stress your father put on us. To show you that all the money he was making as Solomon, people were suffering for it. He cannot be a perfect king. That's why he's never um, an archetype of the kingship of Jesus. The only king who is an archetype of the kingship of Jesus is David. Kingdom. That kingdom come. That kingdom come. That kingdom come. That kingdom be manifested in my job see that kingdom be manifested in everything that I'm involved with the man of the kingdom thank you Lord Jesus the man of the kingdom told him the man of the kingdom so in your life now this is just, a, this is just the introduction of this, this this message the gospel of the kingdom there is a king in worldly kingdoms the king is the most important person everybody is a subject but there's something about our kingdom. God is a king of kings. Wow. 
So in God's kingdom, he is a king, not of subjects. He, that's what the Bible says. He made us kings. God does not want to be king of inferior people. So God picks us up, transforms us, then he becomes king of superior people. He's a king of kings. Your life will begin to see progress and glory when you submit to the kingdom and the kingship of the king. The best things happen to you. I, I, I noticed something. I was telling a friend. I said, I noticed that the best things happen to you when you submit to God. The best things happen to you. Look at what happens to you when you worship. Because that's our king. That's our king. When you submit, you know that's what worship is. The Bible says that um, uh, the father seeketh those who worship in, in spirit and in truth. Because what does worship do? Worship brings you under the government of the one you worship. So at that time, God has full access. I tell you, listen, when you yield to God, because that's what kingdom is. And that's who Adam was. Adam was fully submitted and yielded to God. The best things come out of you when you are fully yielded to God. Why? Because it would have never come out of Adam if God did not put Adam to sleep. So the more you have opinion, the more things are locked inside you. God looked at Adam and said, look, what I want to bring out of you, you must sleep first. You must sleep first. Many of you must go into sleep mode so that things can come out of you. You know sleep mode, it means, Lord, I have no more opinion. I have, I have nothing to say. What do you have to say? Sleep. He sleeps. He wakes up. He sees a wife. But you know what? When God does things like that for you, you slept and it happened. You yielded and it happened, but you have revelation of it. Adam looked at her and said, this is bone of my bone. He was not there, but he knew. No, this one, it came from me. That's God. That's God. God does not need to educate you for you to know. He doesn't have to talk to you for you to know. Once you come under the government of God, things begin to happen. I said, so worship, for example, worship is an example of coming under the government of God. Another one is obedience. In kingdoms, when you disobey, in earthly kingdoms, when you disobey, what happens to you? You are punished, you are killed. But in this kingdom, obedience, I tell some, I said, I told some people, I said, when you're in ministry, I was telling a young guy, I said, when you're in ministry, when you're a young minister, you think you need to do many things. You need to pray. You need to fast for five, 56 days before you think you are powerful. I noticed that, no, it was not that. I noticed that the, the faster you are to obey God, the easier it is to have things happen. The faster you are to obey God, you know, when you come to that place of yieldedness, where God is now come to test how yielded you are, when you come to that place, you will start writing a series of exams. <laughs> when you are in kingdom, you know, what we are discussing this morning, we are talking about the kingdom of God. When you are in kingdom, and you come to a certain state in your life, you come to church, one day, God tells you, you have to give everything you have. If you are intelligent, you cannot work with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more intelligent you are, the, 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 the more God withdraws. Ah, this guy has too much sense for us. Go back. Yeah, then another time, um, you know, Lord, you know, Lord, instead of 10% tithe, why don't I give 4%? You know, because I have something to die. Intelligent man. <laughs> they leave you. Oh, when a man begins to see the value of listening to God and knowing that God is a king. You know, that's why when you get born again, Jesus does not become your next door neighbor. He said, I accept you as the Lord. As the Lord. That means you tell me what to do. You tell me what to do obedience he said it is better than sacrifice because that's the man of the kingdom that's the man of the kingdom in kingdoms 
If you want something of yours to fly, you have to go to the king. You have to tell him, oh king, live forever. This is the issue and the issue and the issue. That is prayer. That's why we pray. Because anytime we pray, what we have done, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, that means you need humility to pray. Come on. You will require humility to pray. When you, you know, think you can handle it. I can handle this. Oh, fine. that's fine. You're good. You're handling it. So people only pray when there's problem. You will see the level of your yieldedness when you pray before problem. Because everything that is happening in your life, you hand it over to God. Lord, what do you think about this? Lord, what do you think about that? Lord, I've met a lady. What do you think about this one? Or that part, God is not part. No, I want to know today. That one, God is not part. Lord! Let me tell you. I'm a pastor. I'll tell you the truth. People leave church when you tell them this person is not for you. They leave church. I'm telling you. Yeah. You say, um, there are many churches. We don't even know if this pastor is genuine. But three weeks ago, the pastor was prophesying that you shake, say, Amen. Amen. Oh, my man of God. My man of God. When he prophesies to me, I feel the noise. Three weeks later, you met a young man. He looked into your eyes. He take all your, your, your boxes. So look at him. Tall. Tick. Smells good. Tick. Pink lips. Tick. Beard gang. Tick. Six packs. Tick. One pack. Cancel. <laughs> Am I preaching? Then at that time, even though you are asking God, Lord, is he the one? You already have your answer. Let me show you a scripture. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 4. You will be shocked what, what is said over here. Therefore speak unto them and say unto them, Thus hear the Lord God. Every man of the house of Israel that setteth up his idols in his heart. Look at this. And put the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face. And come to the prophets. I, the Lord, will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his idols. Oh, do you understand this? Give me the NIV. Give me the NIV. Therefore, speak to them and tell them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. When any Israelite sets up idols in his heart and puts a wicked stumbling block before his face and then goes to a prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him myself in keeping with his great idolatry. Do you understand this thing? That you are already having the answer in your heart. You already like the girl. You go to the Lord. Lord, is it the one? God said he will answer you and say, yes, he's the one. You're shocked. That's why when you prayed the last time, you thought it was the one. It was God because God has seen that. You've already made up your mind. You're not coming to ask for his opinion. Father, is he the one? Father, is it that job? You've already made up your mind. God looks at you and says, so in the beginning, God does not say anything. He said, you've already made up your mind. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Then you begin to speak in tongues and interpret your tongues. My daughter, he is the one. For he shall take you to the ends of the earth. You shall go to Dubai. You shall go to Maldives. You shall go to St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And you shall have a nice time. See you the Lord. Then you went to write on your status. Together forever. And that lasted only two months. <laughs> Together forever. Everywhere there. It's one month. <laughs> Together forever. Someone said, okay, I'll add and ever and ever and ever. Amen. <laughs> Matthew chapter 24 verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Before Jesus will come back, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. This one is beyond 
just the gospel of salvation. No. In the gospel of salvation, you need a savior. When it comes to the gospel of the kingdom, you are now in the kingdom. What you need to understand is righteousness. His righteousness. What does God want from you at this time? What does God want from you? You are no longer in need of a savior. Now we are looking at what you also bring on board. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are saved. So now in the kingdom, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do in the kingdom? Now you are in a kingdom. You receive the king. What am I doing in the kingdom? What is my input in the kingdom? When I get into the kingdom, I begin to listen to God. Remember, thy kingdom come. How does thy kingdom come? He said, thy will be done on earth. Thy will be done on earth. As it is in the territory. As it is. Thy will be done in the colony. As it is in the territory. When God manifestly becomes king, what do you notice happens? At that time, his thoughts, processes, things that he wants to happen, all those things are manifested in your life. So you begin to live a life of heaven on earth. So let's look at the characteristics of the gospel of the kingdom. One is the gospel of eternal life. Because eternal life is not for mortals. Eternal life is not for mortals. Eternal life cannot work in a sinner. It cannot, it, it, it does not have expression as sinner. Eternal life. No, no. But it's a gospel of eternal life. When we go preaching the gospel of the kingdom, what is happening? That restoration of what was in the garden. Adam was not meant to die. He was not meant to die. But because sin came in, death came in by occasion of sin. But through the gospel, we have eternal life. Through the gospel, it's a life of the possibilities of God. Eternal life means I can close my eyes and participate in what spirits participate in. Eternal life means I can have things happen to me that should not be happening to human beings. Eternal life means a human being can say, I will stop you. And there is a possibility that makes me go beyond his threats. Are you getting it? So when human beings look at you and say, you, I'm not going to give you that job. You know, because of eternal life, I can go and manipulate time. I can manipulate the events. So the Bible calls us partakers of the divine nature. That, I mean, it means that we partake in divinity. I love what pastor said. He said, when we pray, we join heavenly conversation. We join heavenly conversation. When you don't pray regularly, decisions are made in the heavens for or against you and you don't have anything to say that's why sometimes the holy ghost wakes you up to pray you say well no wake up wake up decisions are being taken wake up whether in the negative or in the positive decisions are being taken there are some people in some coven somewhere they've taken a pot and they've taken a knife he said today is today today is your day the holy ghost wakes you up then he, he tells you to start speaking in tongues start speaking in tongues and that's also another manifestation of kingdom why because you are speaking something you don't understand and god said you don't have to understand no lord no lord i want to say you know i want to speak from my heart you are you are slurring too i want to speak from my heart when i speak from my heart god hears when i speak from my heart are you saying that god does not speak god look at what he said in first corinthians 14 verse 14 for if i pray in unknown tongue my spirit prayeth i see he's telling you my spirit prayeth but my understanding is unfruitful he what's he trying to tell you he said you he says you don't have to understand you are not going to understand. But he says here, pray. Still pray like that. One of the best things that ever happened to my Christian life is speaking in tongues. 
I'll be wondering what I'm, what I'm, I'm wondering what I'll be saying in prayer. Think about it. Think about it. Oh, I remember how I used to pray before I started speaking in tongues. If you are here and you don't speak in tongues, today's your day. Ha! Huh? Remember how we we'll, we'll gather together and when prayer was a hurdle because your words will finish soon. When the family gathers, say, everybody pray, pray, pray. And all those who can speak in tongues are firing. Then you. Now, all these I'm saying will be probably just five minutes because you will say it. Okay, let me add some 10 minutes. Those speaking in tongues, by 10 minutes, they are now sparking. What are you saying? No, those, those speaking in tongues, they are now sparking. Because when you start speaking in tongues, by 10 minutes, you are now in the Laman Talabaya. They have now started. So people wonder why we, we say, somebody can say, Oh, I prayed for four hours. Like, what were you saying? So, bitterness and jealousy now enters their hearts because they cannot speak in tongues. And they say, All those speaking tongues are mad. They are mad because they wish they could keep long in prayer too. Bitterness. They're offended that we are keeping long. I used to be very offended, especially at my dad. So I started copying his tongues. And the more I copied it, I realized that there was no inner thing to continue. Are you getting it? You are copying. I said, okay, ma, 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 ma. Ba, 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 ba. Boom. Laka, laka, laka. <laughs> so, I said, so I have heard him. I said, ma, 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 ma. I know a certain man. When anytime he speaks in tongues, this thing has to really appear. <laughs> so he said, <laughs> Come on. So I thought that's, that's the key. I thought that what you do, <laughs> and more tongues will come out. So, I started speaking. I did not last. Now I thought, now I began to think there's something fake about what they are doing. It's fake. Because how can you be doing? I did the same, but I couldn't last. Oh, but thank God for when the governor came into my life. The governor from that territory, he came in and said, No, this language, they don't teach it. We impart it. All of a sudden, I began to listen and I began to speak. Then you know what? When the governor comes into your life, he makes it easy for you to worship God. Before, when they sing gospel song, they say, ah, what is this? What is this? I want to shake my body somewhere. No, but when the governor comes into your life, you begin to receive. Then when a worship song uh, uh, is lifted, say, oh, the weight of your glory. Oh, the wonderful of his name, the power of salvation that pulled me from the grave. This hope is not ours, and forever he will reign, and he will be born. And oh, my, sing to the God of the ages. Sing to the Lord of creation, sing His praise again. Oh my soul, sing like the hills. 
You know, in the Bible, those who received the governor, you know, sometimes people think we are making these things up. Those who received the governor, this is what happened to them. They received, have you ever looked at a, a television, like say a Toshiba television? Then you try to use a Samsung remote to change. Does it change? But when you get a Toshiba remote, what happens? It starts changing. Why? Because there's something of Toshiba in the remote, which is in the TV. That's the reason we receive the Holy Spirit. He makes it able for us to connect with God. So, that substance in heaven, the Holy Spirit now becomes God's tracking device in you. He becomes God's tracking code in you. So when God is looking for his children, it's very simple. He looks around. Holy Ghost, there's network. God can talk to you because there's network. <laughs> Are you seeing? There's a master around. Are you getting it? There's a, there's a master around. He can relate with you. Those who receive the Holy Spirit, receive the governor, receive the kingdom into them. And when they receive the kingdom, Jesus Christ said, he said, if a man is not born, he said he cannot see the kingdom of heaven, of God. He said, except a man be born. He said he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's useless to preach to that kind of person because he cannot see. But when the Holy Spirit comes into a man's life, it now becomes possible for that man to connect with God. Now, this is the first thing that happens. When that man receives the Holy Spirit, he's able to receive the things that pertain to God. So, that person, you start talking to him about Oh, a virgin gave birth. Now, are you, are you realizing that we don't think it's a big deal? No, think about it. Are you, are you, do you sometimes think about these things? We don't think it's a big deal. It's like, it's one of the basic things. Like, once you become a Christian, oh yeah, uh, a virgin gave birth. And he had a son and the son grew up and was working miracles. It's normal for us to be saying, think about it again. Why should this be normal? This shouldn't be normal. This shouldn't be a normal story. How, how can you say if you had seen that on TV, you would have thought, ah, this one, yeah, you know, they, they, they put something inside. But you received Jesus, and they told you, you know, this Jesus you received, the mother was a virgin. Mm, 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 mm. You just add mm to say that it's a revelation. Then you go to church, and they tell you that, you, when you go to church, you give tithe. Tithe? My money? I take 10% and give to God? Okay, fine. Then, you are doing it all these things are made possible because of the Holy Spirit he witnessed to your heart that this is true this is real this is revealed that's what that's the word it's called revelation it is revealed he reveals them unto your heart so this gospel does not work with convincing you see you are not convinced into doing it it is revealed unto you so while we are sharing with you you can see that oh because there are certain things the Holy Spirit has asked me to do that way utterly crazy like no human being should be doing them utterly crazy walk out of your house 2am he said walk out of the house I walked out of the house he said walk walk I kept walking I kept walking I got to the end of the road he said walk back home I walked back home okay lord why he said I'm teaching you to obey me <laughs> another time get out of the house I got out of the house walk walk I walked around the back. I walked walk 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 got to the end around Roxy Cinema I said lord why am I here he said, there's a lady here. Preach to her. Is there no Christian around? <laughs> I had to leave commercial bank to Roxy. 
I preached to the lady. She cried. She was in tears from the beginning of the message to the end of the message. God said, okay, walk back. I thought a divine aeroplane will come and pick me. What was God doing? He was teaching me to obey him. Why? Because a day will come. I'm about to take a big step. I will need the experiences of my obedience. Some people never hear God. The first time they hear God is about their future husband. They have never heard God in anything. The first time, say, Pastor, I think the Lord is really speaking to me. The Lord is not speaking to you. You are in love. You're going to have a great life if you listen to God. If you receive his kingdom into your heart.